Mark. Hey, buddy. Do you like scary movies? You know what? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door. It's insulting, Jeff. It is. Well, except for when you turn the genre on its head, like the movie we're about to see. Mark, what are we watching? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make him an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Jeff, we're going back to 1996, and we're watching the movie that turned the genre up on its head and blew our minds away when we were freshmen in high school. What movie that I would speak of? Scream! Which has now spawned, I believe, five sequels. Um, the six. most recent six. Or no, five sequels, oh, six total. Yeah. You're right. Six total. The most recent coming out this past year. So here we are, uh, 27 years later, still chugging along in the Scream universe. But uh, we're here to talk about the original one and the best one and the, uh, I guess, all the only important one in all reality. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but I don't know. Maybe I made a bold statement right there. Not that I hate a couple of the others, but. The first one definitely is clearly a great, great movie, and I think we're both in agreement with that, aren't we? Uh, 100%. So this is like great, great, great movie for you. This is a, this is arguably one of your top three movies all time, I think, right, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, this is the movie that made me realize how much I love movies. It will always have a special place in my heart. Uh, probably is my favorite movie. Uh, I mean... Star Wars equally has a pretty big place in my heart, but that was kind of my discovery as a little kid. And Scream was my discovery as a teenager and a young adult. And it just, seeing it for the first time, I just had flashbacks to all these movies I would watch with my friends at like different sleepovers. Uh, I, I grew up, I'm sure like you did, the thing you did um, as an older elementary school kid and then in through middle school was to have sleepovers with your friends. And what we would often do is we would watch a scary movie. Uh, for one, for me, my parents hated scary movies and a lot of times didn't let me watch them. So the only exposure I could get to them was over at friends' houses or having friends sneak them over to my house and watch. And I just got all of the references in this movie. And I kind of like sat there watching, realizing I was almost a little mini Randy. I like knew all of this stuff without right. realizing it. <laughs> I think all of us on this podcast were all mini Randys to some degree, right? We 100%. all could feel some sort of relation to Randy and his character, uh, you and I especially, <laughs> having both worked at video stores. But, right, right. Um, this is the movie it, that made me want to... This one, this movie, and Clerks are the movies that made me want to work at a video store. I, exactly, right? I totally get it. And um, I, I, I would agree with that <laughs> wholeheartedly. So we, we share that bond for sure. But is, do you remember when you saw this? Or because oh, you've 100%. seen this? Okay, cool. I, I do too. So I'm going to let you. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, shout out to my high school friend, Josh Hessick. Uh, so. This, we saw this movie the, like, two or three days after my birthday when I turned 16. And this was my first venture out. Okay. Uh, once I had a car to myself with a friend driving. And So this actually, was still in theaters then, huh? It, we, we saw it in the uh, dollar movies. I okay. saw it at the, that makes or sense like, then. or it was like the very end. But it was like, Scream was a movie that. It had a long um, run. I know that. It had a, and it built up over time. For sure. So all of our sure. friends were talking about it. For and sure. we just, through sports or different things, had had a chance. Um, 
didn't want to be chaperoned either. And so uh, we drove over there. I actually yeah. missed a little bit of the beginning scene the first time I saw it because I was so excited to be driving my own car. I locked my keys in the car. <laughs> no wonder you have such a clear memory of this screening. And then I ran in. I caught. I just missed a little bit at the very beginning. I saw the kill scene and everything. Uh, and then the re- we when we walked out of that movie, we both looked at each other and said, that might have been the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, okay. And both of our love for it was like instant. Your moment in time. So this was one of those movies where we had to sneak into because this is rated r i was a freshman in high school i you know i wasn't 17 and i'm guessing that you saw it at the dollar theater i'm guessing that you know maybe they didn't care as much at the dollar they just theater. didn't yeah that was another reason that we chose so here's, to do that so here's the other thing so that kind of plays in with mine too i i think word of mouth traveled and, and that's how you got it. That's how you learned to know things when we were in high school. We didn't have the internet the way everybody 100%. does now. So, and with that word of mouth traveled, that you could sneak into the to other movies at this theater. Like nobody cared when you did it at this theater, right? So I scheduled a weekend with my buddy. had my had my mom drop us off at this theater, neighboring town over at the mall, and. You know, I'm in the newspaper. We got the newspaper. You used to look in the newspaper what movie times are going. And I'm looking, you know, what what other movie is playing the same time as Scream, you know, doing all this research, putting all this work in. So we go, my buddy and I, we go to see Scream. And blows my mind, right? Because A, I'm not supposed to see this movie. B, now I'm watching the movie in the theater. It's, it is scary. Uh, especially for uh, you know freshmen yeah, we're high, we're high schoolers but, yeah, we 14, our so. parents i'm sure your parents just like mine would leave you alone yeah pretty regularly and one of my things one of my jobs was to answer the damn phone and take messages yeah, yeah. so jumping into what worked what's your favorite scary movie i i think we we kind of already hit a lot of it is just that movie nostalgia i think is very special um but i want to talk about the trailer because i bet you remember the trailer the trailer was good but i think the trailer worked possibly better than anything because the trailer remember it only showed us the drew barrymore stuff it does and i'll I'll second that with it, it had a great poster and if it you did. remember, Nev Campbell was not even on the poster. No, exactly. exactly. And Drew is front and center. So and they, you're, they, I'm they 100, a, I'm buying what you're selling right now. Yeah, they had a subsequent marketing campaign that came out when they this was released on video, because The Secret was out. But before right. this came out in the theaters, everything was marketed around Drew Barrymore. <clears throat> so then, when we watched the movie, and... You know, it was hard to spoil movies back in the day because we, you know, unless some friend just came up to be a jerk to you, you know. Well, and it makes me feel like it would. You really didn't get a movie spoiled. So, so when I saw the movie and all of a sudden Drew Barrymore dies 10 minutes in, you're just like, what? Well, and it really, it fucks with your sense of reality. Like, you just, at that point, your gloves are off and you're like, oh my God, anybody can die in this thing. Correct. You just don't know what you're in for because. You've been watching a marketing campaign around this girl who's answering this phone, who's being terrorized in the movie, and now we watched her get killed. And at no point did we think we were going to see her get killed. No. Because we thought she was the main character in the movie that we were all going to watch. So, like, Even as students of horror, like, she was the Nancy character from, you know, exactly. or the yeah, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis character. For sure, for, for sure, 100%. Yeah. And, like, what a genius move. So on... smart. And I still remember all this to this day. And here we are almost 30 years later. Like, clearly, they nailed it with that, right? And you know that was an homage. uh, It was was an homage to Psycho, where um, Psycho is not quite as quick. But in Psycho, they kill Janet Leigh. Janet Leigh, who's the main character, gets killed 45 minutes into the movie. Yeah. And was a... Uh, so it was a direct homage to that, but that was 50 years ago. Yeah. And in the, even in that film, she lasts 35, 40 minutes before the famous shower scene. For this sure, is, for sure. That first scene is 12 minutes. 
and, but keep going. We'll talk about that scene a little bit, I'm sure. No, but I mean, yeah, it's just like, in my notes here, I just, you know, the homage to horror films, you know, prior. Yeah. They touch on so many. It's such a love letter. And, like, how could you not? How could you not love it, right? And every scary movie fan loves Scream for the tribute yes. it pays towards all the other films that came before it. That that The nostalgia just works on such a great level. It really does. This movie, you bring up a, like a, several, a couple of great points. One thing that I think works the best about this movie is it is both a satire of the horror genre and very much an excellent horror film at the same time. 100%. And that is really difficult to pull off. I, I was talking with my other buddy about Scream and how it kind of, it almost feels like it's its own genre because it, it feels like it's a teen comedy almost as much as a, a horror film. I would almost, um, I would, one of the things, one of the notes I had written down, actually, it's funny that you say that, is I actually feel like this is a high school movie yeah, and, disguised I mean, a as a horror film. 90 to 96, or even since the last John Hughes film, Tell Scream, there was like no high school films 100%. Scream on was TV. very fresh. I won't argue that at all. Like in 90210 Scream, was kind of on its last legs. It Scream started early 90s. Outside of 90210, I don't feel like there was anything. So. No, and I feel like it was a... It, that's one of my feelings in the movie theater was, oh my God, it's a movie about real teenagers. Because they act like actual teenagers in the movie. So I they guess drink, now's... they swear, they do shitty things, because teenagers sometimes do shitty things. Um, go ahead. I mean, you I guess so say. now would be the good time to bring up Kevin Williamson, right? Absolutely. So he he came up with this concept. He created this, right? He, and yep. This was his first thing. It was. He went on to have a hell of a career and did Dawson's Creek and but I mean he did a he did a run of these these teen horror teen horror films. teen I, I, films. I know which he did last summer he wrote uh, the faculty he wrote uh, teaching Mrs Tingle which was like which another he actually one of those. sold prior to Scream but it was in kind of developmental hell which was one of the reasons this 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 movie created a huge bidding war in Hollywood yeah. And Dimension actually offered less money than some of the other suitors, but his agent advised him to take it because they, while they were going to pay less money, they guaranteed they'd start making it right away. Yeah. And as a writer, you got to get your shit made if you want to make more stuff. So, yeah. and the rest is, he wrote it over a period of three days in Palm Springs off of a, he was watching a, true crime documentary about the Gainesville killer, a killer in Florida who stalked and killed high school kids. Wow. Um, and it inspired him. He called his buddy. He was like freaked out at night. His buddy and him started talking about their favorite horror movies because being scared was on his mind. He goes to sleep, has a nightmare, and drives to Palm Springs with all this inspiration and immediately pens this this screenplay and treatments for both the sequel and the third one. Wow. Uh, and uh, comes back, and it starts it starts a Hollywood bidding war. He me meets with Wes Craven, and Wes Craven tells him, "Are you Kevin Williamson? Your movie scared your your script scared the shit out of me." And he said, I mean, that is, if you're a horror writer, that, that would make you want to die and just go to heaven. Because yeah. having Wes Craven say, you scared him, it couldn't, there couldn't be a better compliment. So what do you think scared Wes Craven? Um, and he's on the record. It was the first, it was the first 30 pages. It's the, that first 12 minutes. It's the dialogue from that 12 minutes. It's yeah. the, you little bitch, I'm going to gut you like a fish, right? Like that, that, that haunts you when you hear it. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, yeah. But here's the thing. I feel like in 2023, that's not that haunting of a line, right? I see what you're saying on that. And it's... But in I, 1996, I this... right? 
I have nostalgia that, for the feeling of hearing that, so I I don't probably have the same cynicism I would if I were hearing it for the first time. No, I don't mean cynicism as in... Or desensitivity. Or, there like, you go. I think yeah. that's the one, right? But think about it. Think about kids nowadays to kids then. But hold on. Let's play with that because they play with that in the movie. And I had a holy shit moment on the rewatch, right? There's yep. that moment where they talk about kids in the movie back in my day right and i'm thinking to myself hold on he's talking about winkler henry winkler is talking about the kids in 1996 and here we are now 27 years later and i'm thinking about talking about bro, the kids bro you got no idea right it's a real meta experience re-watching this film as full-fledged adults now i could when we saw more. it as high school kids and I think Be- that just adds to the nostalgicness for us. I don't know if it does. Oh, 100%. For, but, like, my kids like this movie. So I know this isn't just uh, us liking this movie because we saw it when... It, because it was a high school movie and we were in high school when it came it's out. It's aged surprisingly well. Um, I mean, we've been all over with what worked here. and, and But I think we should wrap it up to some degree. I just have in my other notes... Uh, Gale and Dewey really do work for me, along with all the other characters, which is a testament to Kevin Williamson, I guess. The cast. The dialogue. Yeah. This is one of the best cast movies. What else worked? Anything that we're missing? Oh, the ghost face worked, right? What an iconic character. So many ghost face Halloween what for the last fan. 30 years. Fantastic mask they found. Did you hear the story about how they came up with that mask? No. So they're scouting locations for the film. And one of the prop guys, or one of the scout, like, finds this mask in a closet and says, this is creepy as fuck. Maybe we should use this. So one of the great meta ironies of this film is it was originally supposed to be called Scary Movie. It was actually called Scary Movie all the way to, like, the last month of production when the uh, studio thought Scary Movie sounded more like a comedy than a horror movie. Yeah. So they wanted to name it Scream. But they'd already been using the mask. They were well into filming. And this mask resembles Guy Fawkes. Like, the concept of Ghostface came up from the Guy Fawkes painting. Yeah, the famous painting. The Scream. Yeah, that's But right. that's not why they chose the mask. Total coincidence. Just or the coincidental. name. Complete coincidence. And I, that, I find that's just... Such a cool coincidence, though. It is a uh, coincidence. But yeah, the mask works. I actually think the mystery of this movie is an underrated element of it. This is not only a great teen movie, a great comedy, a great satire, a great horror film. It's also a pretty damn good whodunit. I mean, I don't know. Okay, so... Uh, I... Did you we know who did ask, it when you first saw it? When I was a freshman in high school, no, I definitely didn't know. Right. But because I had no clue, and once I have a clue, every subsequent time after that, you just watch four oh, clues, there's clues, right? They, and there's tons of them, They throw right? them in your, they throw them oh, in yeah, your face. Yeah, exactly. But let me they tell dangle you. them so much in your face that it's even, it's like... It's just hard for me to even judge whether or not it was a good I've not met a single person. <laughs> I've not met a single person who saw this movie for the first time and, and claims that they knew who it was. I've never asked, I guess. You ask people that? Always. I'm curious. And it, well, I mean, because it's one of your favorites. Maybe that's why you ask, I guess. Um, I should ask my And boss. there are people that guessed it was Billy. Um, very boss, few people guessed. This is guess. my boss's favorite movie, by the way, just so you know. Interesting. This is and did your um, wife my wife's did your wife, favorite movie. Did your wife tell you about our conversation we had the other night? She did. I, she did. I uh, yeah. So so I I will share this tidbit for our listeners. So Jeff's wife's favorite movie is Scream, and this was her favorite movie long before she met Jeff. Yep. And this is one of, if not Jeff's favorite movies as well. And upon f- hearing this, I I said to Shelly, Jeff's wife, that this is really special for Jeff because he's a movie nerd like I am, like all of us. Yep. And anytime we find a movie that our partners love, that we love, I think it elevates that movie. 100%. 
So it just makes that movie more special for those. Which was people. hard, which was hard to do for this movie, but it managed to do it. Yeah, exactly. So then I was I I was joking with Shelley, but I was half serious that, you know, whether you know it or not, that helped solidify your relationship that helped make you want to marry that girl and it wasn't the reason but it, it didn't hurt it let's put it, it that way it didn't hurt it didn't <laughs> hurt we had the uh we both love this movie so much we had the the we had the great experience this year in denver they had a meet the cast of scream and we attended and we got a we got a photo taken um with henry winkler Nev Campbell, Rosie McGowan, Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, and Are these all in one photo, or all in the same photo. That's fun. What a treat for all involved. We're all jealous. So it was. And awesome. for those that are listening, um, if there's a Scream fan fest near you, it sounds like it's worth checking out. If this is your cup of tea, what's your uh, favorite scene in this agree. movie? Is it the opening? Is it the, the party it's, scene? It's close, it but it's the, the ending. Well, I mean, what do we get for the ending? Are, are we the, do, you so get the from, four, do you get the final 41 minutes? Well, <laughs> I mean, that, that makes it easy. It's that. No, I, I thought about this a long time. And it's real close between the first scene and the ending. But for me, it's always that ending scene. And I take the ending from when she's approaching the house and Stu and Randy fall, cr- run up behind her. Basically looks at them, does exactly what I would do in that situation and says, fuck you both. I'm going to survive this thing. Slams the door. And I just love the interaction between Stu and Billy in that final scene. Also, Matthew Lillard's performance is my favorite thing about this movie. I just think he is just bonkers. He's... I, I'm not even sure it's great acting, but it it's an incredible performance. He's he's just bringing heat at all scenes. He's before. a little over the top. Uh, uh, he is. Oh, he is. But he's but meant I, to be right. But like, he, so exactly. It adds so. this entertainment element, and I almost find him scarier in a way, because as Randy says, there's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. There's always some stupid bullshit reason to kill your girlfriend. But just the crazy kid who was bored decided to start killing people because he thinks it's fun. That's way fucking scarier. And I I think Gail, Gail coming in with the gun, the safety. Yeah. Didn't forget the safety that time, you bastard. I just love all of it. Yeah, I do too. I have that in my notes. And, you know, I love the end of all of it. That's literally what I wrote. Gail and the safety of the gun, setting up dad. Sydney hiding and then flipping the script on them with the phone. Yep. What's your favorite scene? I mean, it's it's an all time great opening. Not just really for is. scary movies, but just for all movies in general. If it were, if and, Mark, and, if it were a short, and it, it, might having, the, yeah. it might be the greatest short of all time. And having rewatched and having rewatched it, I hadn't seen Scream in at least ten years, and. I mean, I was just, re- I rewatched the opening f- three times before this podcast. Like, so I hadn't watched it in 10 years. I rewatched the opening three times for perspective. That's how good that opening is. That's how fun that opening is. Uh, and when I say fun, I mean fun as a movie fan. Uh, it, it's just perfect. Wes Craven did a hell of a job with that scene. And Kevin Williamson did a hell of a job with the dialogue. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? Because I want to know who I'm looking at. It is a flawless scene. Drew Barrysmore's performance is really yeah, she's fucking great. good. And she was the best, you know, like she was the biggest star heading into this movie, probably. The Yeah, absolutely. The direction, to your point, the dialogue, the writing, the shooting, the camera work. There, it might be the best 12 minute the bet like while i said the end's my favorite yeah as far as what's the best it might be the best 12 minutes of any slasher film ever yeah no it's great it's perfect i I don't think i don't know if there's any scenes in halloween or the fridays or i'm trying to think of other slasher films that even come close yeah and you really get 
like they really nail all the details right down to the very end and how the camera like does this shake zoom in right to her guts dangling yeah they wanted us to see that right because he said that's what he wanted to do he he wanted to see what her insides look like like that that's the line like that's them and in 1996 well 97 when we watched this early in 97 like that was not what we saw in movies. We, no, was it was not gnarly. We it was to. violent as fuck. That was just shock. Yes. That was shock. I also uh, the other scene that I really love. I love when Tatum gets killed in the garage. I always thought fantastic. that was a unique. Kill. It's one of the best deaths. It's... Like I was like, oh wow, what a what a what a what a shitty way to go out. <laughs> like it just really I, is. It's just like and and it was like, you know, pet doors were you know a unique thing. You were. Garage doors are never quite working. They're always breaking down. They're yeah. I great, great murder device. It is. I know. It was. But it's just, like, that's part of why I struggle with this movie sometimes in the genre. Because you almost love Ghostface during that whole scene. 100%. Well, there's something about the slasher genre, though, where... You're rooting on him to not die, but you're also kind of rooting on him to die. Yeah. Like, if you're a true, if you truly enjoy the slasher genre, there's a part of you that, like, the deaths are a big part of it. Yeah. Um, actually, Nev Campbell, in an interview about the film and asking why people like horror movies, and she said she believes everybody has a dark side. And she said it is a safe way to explore that and not be a shitty person. Interesting. You know, uh, I think, I think people. But there's are something to it. that. I mean, there is, I guess, but I think people are drawn to scary movies because they like to be scared in a safe environment, and that's what scary 100%. movies provide. I the reason I like them is I actually am an I can be an anxious person, and scary movies are like a release for anxiety for me because it's a way of having those feelings of being scared in a safe way, just like what you're saying. Yeah, and that that I mean that makes sense. Speaking of quotes. What quotes we got, Jeff? You got a favorite? I mean, there's a yeah. bunch. We opened with one of her favorite, one of the favorites. My favorite quote from this movie is movies don't make, don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Yeah. Which was the first line Kevin Williamson wrote and said he built the entire movie around that. Around that line? Because he felt that wow. it was, he, he felt that it was the home that created somebody's psychological well-being and not movies, but movies could definitely influence the way somebody acted out their psychotic impulses, um, which is what with Billy, the whole trauma with his mother and all that. Yeah. Obviously already a psychopath, but yeah. mo- movies, movies in movies gave him a more creative way to uh, flex those muscles. Yeah. That's a good line of hers too. You sick fucks. You've seen one too many movies, too. which led yeah. to your. <laughs> don't blame the movies. Um, I love when I love when Stu's on the phone right at the end, and he's oh. bleeding out. <laughs> Peer pressure, like, peer pressure. I'm far he, too sensitive. And then he's talking to Sydney though. And did you really call the police? <laughs> My mom and dad are gonna be so, so mad, mad at me. At me. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. I just I found Stu hilarious. Like, like there, I, there's that part that that stuff is great. The stuff with Stu in the end is great. I think that's where Matthew. A lot Lillard of that's totally, ad libbed too. I think that's where Matthew Lillard totally redeems himself. But here, there's so I mean, many good what's ones. your favorite scary movie? Is the classic quote that spawned this franchise, which is, it is. I guess Ghostface. What's the but. what's you named it in the beginning. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who is always running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. It's insulting. And it's so awesome that two minutes later they have her running up the, up the stairs uh, and so, not out the so front iconic, door. It's so iconic, right? And then when she goes to get out the door, she locked it. She can't get out. Like, it's just great. There's so many great... There's just so many great moments there. I can't, Billy. You already cut me too deep. I think I'm dying here, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a oh, formula to it. A Brandon very Brandon. simple formula. 
everybody's a suspect. Um, I also love the line that Sydney at the end, when Billy's on the phone trying to find her, I'm going to rip you up, bitch, just like your fucking mother. And she comes back so hard and says, you got to find me first, you pansy ass mama's boy. That's such a good line from her. She really is. Sydney's Sydney's such a badass in this movie. She is. I, uh, she is. Like, they, there's a couple. All, okay. All the chicks are badasses, right? So Drew Barrymore does a decent job fighting off Ghostface. Yep. Nev Campbell fights off Ghostface multiple Gail times. Gail Weathers obviously, like, arguably saves the day. Gail Weathers <laughs> saves the day. Even Tatum in the scene where she's chucking yes. beers at Ghostface, nailing kicks, him in the nuts. Dude, like, she kicks Ghostface ass. Yeah, that guy is only saved by the garage door button. Like, I also Ghost- think it's one of the things that works in these movies is Ghostface is very human. And if these were really teenage boys, like, going on killing sprees, mm-hmm. like... They're not going to be, they're not ninjas. They're not going to be perfect. They probably will get kicked in the balls and like, be, they might eventually kill the victim. Yeah. But they're going to have some bruises. Uh-huh. Back to your feminist point. Actually, feminists praise that ha, have always praised this movie. And it gets As a pretty should. high feminist rating because to your point, the girls come off pretty good. The men come off kind of shitty, actually. <laughs> Look, Kenny. I know you're about 50 pounds overweight, but when I say hurry, please interpret that as move your fat tub of lard ass now. Kenny, the red, the, uh, got the part because he was a friend of Wes Craven's. Kenny is a friend of Wes Craven's? Yeah. You know who Kenny went on to be? Al Swearingen's right hand man. Why do I, why do man I recognize him so much? Al Swearingen's right hand man in Deadwood. Oh, that's right. I knew I knew him from somewhere. Yeah. I've, yeah. I actually. I actually love when Tatum's recapping the scene with Gail Weathers. <laughs> and so, I'll send you a copy. Bam! Bitch went down. I'll send you a copy. Bam! Sid. Super bitch. Super bitch. Uh, I, I think I'll, I'll close it up, my quotes, with just refreshing with that. That quote when she says... Kate, when Drew Barrymore in the beginning says, Casey says, listen, asshole. And then he interrupts and goes, no. You listen to me, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, and I'll gut you like a fish. That was a power. That was such a oof. Oh, it knocks you out. Uh, so we could go on all day. What didn't work? Is there anything that doesn't work for you? Boo! 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 I mean, you love this movie. I mean, I love this movie too, but. I mean. If I was being super nit, I mean, I, there's some nitpicks I can make here and there. If I were being super nitpicky, it doesn't bother me though. A lot of there's a lot of critical. David Arquette's performance was have been criticized by a lot of people. I mean, and it's supposed to be. What that's kind of how I feel. So I'll even leave that alone. Um, I don't got anything, but I like this movie too much. I. Sydney giving it up to Billy. I hate that. The timing's odd. The timing's just so bad. That girl's dealing with some serious trauma. So, like, at no point is she going to be like, yep, this is where I want to lose my virginity. Or is she feel alone in the world and super vulnerable? I mean, you can just sell to, it like that. Just obviously. wants to feel close to somebody. But they had to, they also, it, it kind of works because they want to break the the rules i know and for her to survive and be the big winner after she has sex i know helps turn the genre on its head so i know but i get it i guess for career corner career corner this week we've already talked west craven on nightmare on elm street i had a couple west craven notes but go ahead i like where you're going i i just i figured we could just talk a little more about kevin williamson because i don't know i don't know when when we'll get that chance again i guess this is true so I our, just, our, so, our co-host Nico would be very happy that we did so. True. So just looking at the notes, right? It's not like I have a ton here prepared, but we kind of made brief mentions. So Scream comes out, the end of 96, just, you know, takes the movie theater and Paid 400000 by for storm the- all first quarter of 97. Yep. Then before Halloween... 
couple weeks before Halloween of 97, Kevin Williamson drops his second movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yep. Which... Crushes it. Also becomes a big hit. And spawns sequels, not made by him, but his characters, obviously. Yep. He then... This is where I have a question, and I'm hoping you have our answer. So then Dawson's Creek comes out. Yep. In 98. Yep. And do we know if Dawson's Creek was already greenlit before Scream came out? Nope. We know we don't. Scream got him Dawson's Creek. Scream got him Dawson's Creek. Scream was not the first film he sold. He actually did sell Teaching Mrs. Tingle. Okay, but like I said, it got years into later with Katie. It Holmes. got into developmental hell, and he right. also Katie wanted Holmes is in that, right? Yes, yeah. and he also like had a passion for that film, and wanted to direct it. So he directed it, bombed terribly, and that kind of killed his run. It's like a creepy teacher that they kill or something. It's I actually don't think it's a bad movie. I like I it. I don't remember disliking it. I saw it. it got. I don't, I don't remember it either. It got moved like several times because it was supposed to be released like the weekend after Columbine, and it's a movie about a couple of high school kids that tried planning to kill their teacher. So, not great. I do know that he had kind of the uh, his treatment for Dawson's Creek pinned because it's based pretty much on his childhood. He lived next to a girl that they would crawl at each other's windows and kind of grew up and obviously loved movies and a lot of autobiographical stuff with Dawson. Yeah, because well. you can see so much of Scream in Dawson's, in Dawson's Creek. Creek. So, 100%. Also, especially the di- the dialogue. Kevin Williamson has very distinct dialogue. Uh, and at the time, it was actually one of the criticisms, the reason people liked it, but one of the criticisms of his films is that teenagers don't really talk like that. Yeah. He make, um, But a lot of people said that's why teenagers like the movies, because he makes them seem really smart. Yeah, I mean, that's what Dawson's Creek felt like, right? You it know. was, yeah, very high IQ dialogue. and, mm-hmm. uh, But yeah, lifetime Dawson's Creek fan. Um, I would have <laughs> never checked that show out, probably, if it weren't for Scream. Right. But I was such a Scream fan. I'm like, I think Scream, that, I gotta I watch this. For, I think that's the case for all of us. Yep. In this age range. That, that, I mean, that's kind of my point of why I wanted to talk about Kevin Williamson for a second. So I think he has those four movies. Scream, I Know What You Did Last Summer, Teaching Mrs. Tingle, and The Faculty. And Dawson's Creek. And those all came out within, you know, a five-year span. Dawson's Creek lasted you know four or five years on its own but yep after that though his career has been nothing mostly misses uh he wrote it lasted a couple seasons on cbs he wrote that show called i want to tell a story yeah no there's been real a life couple other tales. tv shows but nothing nearly as big as dawson's creek but i mean the I van mean, I, but, the I mean, vampire vampire diaries right was kind of a hit um just to be fair to him like it wasn't not on the level of dawson's creek i don't think but i was not in the age demographic of the vampire diaries when it was a hit either so no i, don't, I know maybe, maybe for I'm maybe saying fans it, from that time would argue with me it's it was surprising to me that he i agree because all I, of those yeah. what do they all have in common the teenage element right yep so it's just surprising to me that he just, it's almost like he ran out of material. Right. Be, and I'm guessing that's simply all it was. I mean, you only have so much material for that genre, so. Maybe you only have a couple stories to tell. Quick shout out in Career Corner, just real quick shout out to Wes Craven. I just because just I think, and this will be real quick. What very cool thing about him, uh, he kind of reinvents the horror genre three times uh, because he comes in in the 70s with uh, little with House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, comes back in the 80s, kind of has a lull, does the Nightmare on Elm Street, kind of starts the 80s horror genre going, then comes back again and restarts the genre again in the 90s with Scream. And kind of had three different careers, and in each time he kind of like relaunches the horror genre. And I thought that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, I think, I, and I think you and I, we like Wes, right? We, we both love Nightmare, we, we both love Scream. So, we're obviously Wes Craven fans. I don't know if everybody is, but I know you and I are, so... Hey, is it metal time? I, it's, do you... it's about that time, isn't it? Yeah. So, I'm not going to do honorable mentions, because I want to give an honorable mention to everybody. This is a very hard film to give out medals for. I. It was hard. Might su- I might I surprise you, but I am giving a medal and a bronze to Matthew Lillard. Uh, no, that didn't I, surprise me after hearing how this podcast went down. And I, I thought you might have given him a better medal. Even prior to meeting my wife, like it, he was just always one of my favorite parts about this movie. I thought he was hilarious. Like I said, minus the whole psychotic serial killer thing. Yeah. Just a guy that I wanted to hang out with. Yep. and Jeff and Stu hanging out he brings he just steals the screen in so many scenes in this film and it's a much darker more serious movie without him it's almost too dark he he like lightens it up but yet still keeps it kind of crazy I Matthew Lillard shout out bronze medal my silver goes to the whore master himself Wes Craven yeah he is just a master of his craft one of the reasons this movie is able to be both a satire and a serious slasher film is because he is such a master of his craft he finds the exact right tone to hit that note and I think in a director that knew his craft less, it just wouldn't have worked. It would have either been more of a straight horror film or more of a satire. Okay. And my gold goes to Kevin Williamson. This is his idea, his dialogue. He created this world. And whenever you see anybody interviewed about this movie, he's talked about a lot more than most writers are for films. And... I think there's something to that. I think this script just jumped off the page. And in the legend of this film, maybe he did a better job publicizing himself. Maybe he had a better agent. But I think it just became known that he just had this great idea. And Wes Craven even like brought him a lot of times directors don't like writers on the set and he brought him on the set and collaborated a lot with him. And so his world, his creation have to give him the gold, but it was tough. I mean, I should, the fact that I don't have Courtney Cox or don't have Nev Campbell on the metal stand, love to have given Henry Winkler an honorary mention. I absolutely love his cameo as the principal. I'm actually sad we didn't get to talk about him as the principal. Uh, but there are too many to mention. He what has metals, one Mark? weird moment in the movie, though, where he grabs that girl's cheek. When he, he grabs, I think it's oh, I, I called that out to my wife, right? Before. And I said, <laughs> "What is happening right now?" Oh, yeah. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And she had a great answer for it. She's like, "He's the Fonz, and he doesn't know how to behave any differently." <laughs> <laughs> and said, "It is completely innocent. He's Henry Winkler, and there's never been a girl that's been sad that he's grabbed her chin." I was like, that's true. She's but not Mark, wrong. Yep. She's not wrong, but that principal is getting fired. In, 2000, in 1996, that principal is probably getting fired. In t- 2023, that principal might be in jail. <laughs> not, not, not even before he brings in the two knuckleheads and uh, gives them the uh, fair will be a rip your insides out. But Mark, how great is that scene? It is, exactly. It's so... And... Probably... And well-deserved... Anybody that's been around knucklehead teenagers... Probably doesn't... Probably they should be talked to. Talk to. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, shouldn't, but... I get the I tone. Know. And I it comes off... the Fonz gets it, though, in this movie. Hilarious. The... Henry gets killed. Well, did you, do you know why they ended up killing the principal? It wasn't in the original script. They couldn't figure out a reason to get everybody to leave the party. And uh-huh. they said, what would, what 
would have to happen to get everybody out of the house, but the, for our final. And somebody had the idea. The principal hanging from the. If you hang, and I was like, again, go back to my teenage self, and I, they get teenagers. Yeah, they do. I hate to say it, there would be a contingent that would drive straight to that football field. They do, they do. I. So I did not do honorable mentions either. Too Uh, many. There is too many. I probably would have given it to Dewey and Gale though, but. Uh, my bronze goes to Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell is I'm the on the stand. better yep. version of Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. She is. Uh, she's a, such a better actress. She's just a. She's an upgraded version, though, right? She's more badass too. Not like yep. Nancy's not, not. One of the things that works really well in this. Not film, that Nancy's a wuss, but just Nev Campbell's a better badass. And is Nev's, at, Nev's athleticism? Yeah, her physicality really works because you kind of. She kicks a lot of ass in these movies, and yeah. you kind of buy it. 100%. That's why she made my medal podium. My silver and gold, they were the exact same as yours. Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson, for the, I mean, almost identical reasons. But, yeah, I think this is, I like Nightmare more than Scream. I don't like to compare the two of them necessarily, but I inevitably do. Of course. Um, Nightmare just scares me more. Scream's oh, Night- Nightmare's Scream- the scarier movie. Scream's a better movie. But this is the best thing Kevin Williamson's done. And you might disagree, but I don't think eh, you will. I, I kinda, I, yeah, I kind of don't. So I just know you you and Nick. I do have a love for Dawson's Creek, and Nick, Nick, Nick would feel very betrayed right now. It's late. You got any ponderings? You got any midnight ponderings? Yeah, uh, there's, I've got a couple here. Okay. So, I'm just curious, Mark. What was the next day of school like? After the party? Is, is there another day of school? Is school canceled the rest of the year? School's canceled for at least a week. Like, like... It's canceled for at least a week. <laughs> I mean, Sydney's, Sydney's transferring, right? The superintendent has to, like, step in and run things. And be the, come no, the principal. There's no principal. <laughs> Like, I mean, there's all sorts of grief people on campus. <laughs> Sydney, Sydney's transferring. She's like, probably like, dad probably moves her to the East Coast, I mean, the right? place is a mess. I don't even know. It's, it might be closed for the rest of the year, actually. Yeah, right. we got bloodstains everywhere. We've got, we got goalposts we have to remove. We've got, we've got which basically, my next question, I kind of brought it up before. So Stu's parents, what's the first thing they do when they get back? Is it they fix the garage? <laughs> do they do they just bulldoze the entire murder house they live in? Because it's now it's now it already looks like a haunted house. Now it is fucking haunted. Like I pondered and, this. We've got four beautiful women in this movie. Which one is the most beautiful? Would it be Rose McGowan, Drew Barrymore, Courtney Cox, or Nev Campbell? I've always had a thing for Nev, probably because of Party Five. Ah, okay. I kind of always had a thing for Rose McGowan. She'll flip. Oh, you want to play Psycho Killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Rose McGowan is super nice in person, just like so. all. Uh, but yeah, um, she she Rose McGowan has a cool career too, uh, like the Tarantino stuff she does later. Uh, you had me watch that fucked up film Doom Generation. <laughs> Doom Generation. Somebody, oh. one of my managers at Super Duper Video introduced me to that in high school, <laughs> and that might be part of the reason why I like Rose McGowan too. Hi, <laughs> Mark. I that she's awesome in that movie. Yeah. I don't even know if I like the movie, but she yeah. is awesome in that movie. Yeah. I'm with you. I agree. I do want to know where do you stand with the other Kevin Williamson scary movie these two movies kind of were hand in hand i feel like um meaning scream and i know what you did last summer did you a scream is the clear winner but i hated the i like to know what you did last summer until the ending i hated the ending i thought some random fisherman was a dumb 
killer. The random fisherman it's, was stupid. It's also oh, based on a book. That movie's good though. I think the movie that, is good. It's also based on a book. We actually read it in high school. It was the book's actually better than the movie in a lot of ways. Uh, I there was a TV show. I know what you did last summer. Uh, yeah. That was released. That was really good. Uh, I I actually really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, the Gradient movie's good. The cast is good to the film. I just thought that the killer was stupid, and it kind of the way the ending of this of Scream makes it so iconic. The ending of that movie kind of ruined it for me. I, and I think I think you know what the difference is. Basically, is some guy named Jim Gillespie, who I don't know who the hell that is, made I know what you did last summer in West. And West Craven made, made Scream. Hundred yeah. percent. And, and I think I think that's probably the difference. Um, I did make some notes in my ponderings about let's assume these sequels don't happen, and what happens in my mind? What happens to the rest of the uh, characters? Yeah. And I said, Sydney is either traumatized in a padded room for the rest of her life, or she turns it into a strength, which I'm going to say the latter because Sydney is such a strong person. I think she helps victims of trauma, joins the Marines, or does something that definitely helps people. Stu Mocker's parents, as mentioned earlier, fix the garage, then decide to tear the entire house down, sell the land. It is wide country. They can probably sell it to a vineyard and get good money. And try to wash their hands of this entire just fucked up situation they find themselves in they just they're uh, walking zombies at that point they real they really are and, i mean pretty much anyone in that situation any parent in that situation that's pretty much oh, what they become for the rest of their life uh the sid's dad probably doesn't recover either Sydney will probably be taking care of him for the rest of her life <laughs> Randy writes a screenplay about his experience and becomes a famous director and capitalizes on his trauma to get the film career he always wanted. And Gail writes a second book, sells a shit ton. Her career takes off, CNN, 60 Minutes, you name it. Eventually starts a new medium, podcasting about true crime and kicks off a true true crime wave that we know literally takes place 20 years later. And Gail Weathers is still killing it to this day. Dewey becomes a town hero, maybe eventually a sheriff, and lives happily ever with Gay off of Gail's money. Absolutely. You brought up something, though, that a couple of these things that I, I did want to touch on. This movie, I guess it is kind of a pondering I had. This movie predicts the true crime, like, way. Like, yes, it was happening in the 90s, and there was, like, some documentaries, there were some books that were flying off the shelf, but nothing like we see today with all the podcasts. And literally, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, and Kevin Williamson says this, one of the things that inspired this movie was the nation's weird obsession with true crime. And it's not because people are exploring, like, why did this happen? What's going on? It's because there are people like Gail Weathers that are getting rich off of the misery of others. We have talked for a while. What did we miss? Um, I thought it was interesting that the 42-minute party scene at the end of the movie, it took 21 days to shoot. Yeah, and the whole the whole shoot only took 60 days, so a third of the shoot was And so but then like they, like they it was called scene 118 and they made sure it said I survived scene 118 for, for the crew. But then two I started... people actually it is a murder house. Two people died in that house prior yeah, to filming that's true i did read that as well and, and they called it they, they jokingly called it the longest night in horror history right so it's fair but then i started thinking about other movies like can't hardly wait or yep. the breakfast club yep and i'm like quit your bitching you party scene people and thinking you need your own shirt for scene 118 that took 21 days to shoot a big deal all these other <laughs> movies took way more than that it's true so like it was funny it's like true. i first read it and i was like oh man that, that, that like that's it impressive. also is like two-thirds of the movie <laughs> like yeah. i know exactly they... <laughs> yeah exactly that's the, the final third of the movie final almost half of the movie takes place there so of course it's going to take a long time but uh you touched on a lot of the stuff the matthew lillard casting stuff 
we touched on Courtney Cox being a nice girl. That's why she wanted the role, the letter she wrote, the use of color ID, you nailed. Did you hear about how uh, Wes Craven got Drew Barrymore to have a more believable performance? Um, I know... He was on he... the other... She is a huge animal lover. And he he was on the other line reading her animal torture headlines from the news. Oh. <laughs> and that's that is, like how he got her kind of iconic cuz she told she she told him she needed somebody to play off of. Yeah. So she could get there emotionally. Yeah. And he said he would do it. She got her revenge though because one of his he has two cameos in this film. One of them he throws on old Ghostface himself and it is actually Wes Craven that she hits over the head with the phone. Oh. Speaking of phones, the scene where uh, Billy hits Stu with the phone in the end was ad-libbed because they were using, like, corn syrup. And he's supposed to just drop the phone, but it stuck to his hand. So while they're shooting, he throws it to kind of throw it off. Hits Stu in the head. Instead of breaking character, Matthew Lillard just says his iconic line. You hit me with the phone, dick! (laughs) (laughs) Which was probably just a natural reaction, but Uh it worked so well, they kept it. Yeah. Kind of a neat story. Henry Winkler only agreed to do the film if it could be uncredited because he didn't want to take away from any of the young stars trying to break out in Hollywood. And he didn't want his name appearing before theirs or taking away from anything that they did. Because uh, the Fonz doesn't need to break out anymore. You see, uh, you, you know the Wes Craven story about him taking this deal. Ah, uh, no. Let's. But I want. I can't wait to hear it. So he turned down this movie initially. I did he see was, that. He was busy developing a remake of The Haunting, and he yep. was also considering distancing himself from the horror genre altogether. But he signs on to direct after Drew Barrymore agrees to appear in the film. Yeah. However, <clears throat> he was also confronted by a young little boy about 10 years old who was a fan. This boy accused Wes Craven of going soft and that he had more guts back in the day when he was making movies like Last House on the Left. So hearing this pushed him over the fucking edge and he called the people at Miramax and agreed to do Scream. So, basically a 10-year-old going up to him and giving him, like, the Eddie Murphy treatment (laughs) (laughs) is potentially what was the straw that broke the camel's back to get Wes to make Scream. And then my last note is about the MPEA and the NC-17 ratings. Oh, he had a war to get this made. And Bob Weinstein, Weinstein is the one that got it taken care of. He and what he did is he told but, the MPA. I was gonna say the good Weinstein, but maybe I'll just say the better Weinstein. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know much about Bob. I to know get too much. Rating, I know too much about his brother. He Keep told going. the film review board to view the movie as a comedy and not a horror film, which totally changed their viewpoint of the film. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. Because originally it had been slapped with an NC-17, like, I think like nine different times. Yeah, they told him, they had, they, had, they had originally told Wes, they said, that is a fantastic movie. It's also a great example of what an NC-17 movie is. Yeah. And all Weinstein did was just simply tell them, I think you guys are thinking of this as a scary movie, and maybe if you view it as a comedy, you might change your tune a little bit. Which was a sneaky ploy because, and once again, just goes back to our whole early on discussion of what genre is this movie in. Right. Final thoughts, Jeff? Boy. uh, The gift this film gave me is something I can never repay it. It gave me a passion, uh, love for movies. It gave me an identity my love for movies. It gave me this podcast. Uh, Mark, it, in a lot of ways, it gave me our friendship. This movies are something we bonded over. Uh, it gave me and our co-star our, uh, part of our friendship because me and Nick bonded over Dawson's Creek. And it helped find love for me. 
my lovely wife Shelly. What more could a person ask for in a movie? I mean, that's a lot of boxes we're checking off there. So, I get it. I get its specialness. So, and I'm glad we got to do it, man. What a fun movie. And I hadn't watched it in quite some time. The nostalgia and the love of the material far outweighed anything negative. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm always going to forever love this movie. So, it's always going to have a seat at my table of the great, you know, horror movies of my lifetime. That's for sure. And I know it will for you, obviously. It's, it's an all-timer for you. So, I hope we did it justice. And I hope everybody listening enjoyed their rewatch or is going to go enjoy their rewatch of Scream as much as uh, we do. But... On behalf of Jeff and myself, we'll catch you down the road soon with another edition of Movie Tales. Take care, everybody.